I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Dr. Kim Perkins. She's a speaker, author, and coach, and she's joining me to talk about her new book and whatever else is going on in the pandemic. Hi. Hello. So happy to be here with you. Well, we uh, first met, we did an event, which was fantastic, um, last February. Oh, was that... That was that long ago. Wow. Yes. We did the Science of Happiness panel at UCI. It was great, but I can't believe over a year has gone by. Me neither. It's mm. uh, so much time and so little at the same time. I agree. <laughs> um, did you start writing your book before the pandemic or during? You know, I have been wanting to write this book for so many years, and the pandemic really gave me an opportunity to just sit down and do it, which I really needed. And, yes. Uh, so I... Um, I, it really, I, I think a lot of people were doing a lot of creative projects during this time because it felt sort of like, well, here's an, here's a now or never opportunity, you know? Yes, sure. I know. I felt like this is the opportunity to kind of delve deep inside yourself and kind of do those things that you've been wanting to do. Yes. You know, because you didn't have any, uh, you, you know, you're, you're getting less involved in the world. You, you yes. don't have all these other things that you would normally do that you could sink your attention into. So uh, and, so, and we gain time. Some for people yeah. that commuted, we gain those hours. True. That's right? absolutely true. Yeah. Before we yeah, delve but, in, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I was just continuing. I was going to just tell the listeners a little bit about you. I grabbed this from your website, by the way, which okay. is kimperkins.com. Uh, it's here's your story. You're a former pro speed skater, which is so cool. A former journalist. You have a PhD in positive organizational psychology, the science of optimum human experience at work. Was that always a field that interested you? You know, it's a pretty new field. So it didn't really interest me until it got invented. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. life is long. <laughs> so I was, part of, I was part of the first cohort to do a research um, psychology uh, PhD in positive psychology in Claremont, which was one of the first, you know, PhD research-based program yes. um, in the world. So I had been really influenced by uh, the writings of, of Mike Csikszentmihalyi, who was the father of flow. Yes. And, you know, we think of his peak experience and that approach to thinking about performance and work performance and, you know, and you're just your individual life really resonated with me. And actually I met you through, um, Someone else, and now I'm blanking on his name. It's oh, terrible. oh yes, uh, Oren Davis. Oren Davis, yes, duh. Yeah. Um, he's wonderful. I met him actually in person, finally, uh, September 2019. I can't believe that. And oh, he raved funny. about you, and that's how I met you. Oh, that's amazing. Oren has been a consistent presence in my life through all these years. We met you know, in the, when we were both beginning that PhD program, and mm -hmm. uh, he's been terrific. That's great. So let's jump into your book. Tell me about it. My book is called Winner Take None, Rethinking mm. Competitiveness for the New Economy. Ooh. And it's, um, it's, a, it's both research and personal and stories from me and from other people who have opened up about this topic, about the role that competitiveness and social comparison plays in our lives. And so wow. it, it has both um, a personal component toward how you think about yourself and others. And it also has an organizational component in terms of what are you incentivizing at work and, you know, what, what are you, um, 
leading people to do and behave toward each other. And is that really working when you put it in a competitive term? Now, you were a uh, professional speed skater. Yes, I was. So did this book also come about because of that? In a big sense, it did, because, you know, I was kind of a nerdy kid. I was the kid who couldn't climb the rope in gym class. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine that. (laughs) I I was a real bookworm. I came from a very intellectual family. And then I discovered, you know, that I had this this talent at speed skating. And then that became my life. Um, And then so and I was very intensely competitive at that time. And I really enjoyed all the juiciness that can come out of that. You know, as a as an elite competitor, you are um, the only other people who kind of get what you're up to are other elite competitors. Of course. (laughs) And so you're friends with all the people you're competing against. And I would be in these training groups and you would go, you know, meet up at eight o'clock and then basically try to, uh, you know, defeat and humiliate each other for a couple of hours and you go, go have a burrito and have a great time, you know? And, and it was, you know, it was, it was very engaging and involving. And then what happened was I went to graduate school with this kind of can do energy Mm -hmm. and I discovered all of the downsides of this, both personally and in the research literature Um, that, you know, and and it really occurred to me that when you take this frame that works for you so well in one area and try to put it in a different area that doesn't really match that well, you know? Right. Part of what I loved about competing was just the rush and the thrill of the moment, you know? And 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 there's a yeah. term for that in organizational psychology that's called the berserk warrior. <laughs> really? The berserk yes. warrior? Oh, that's berserk so warrior. funny. Right, where you just get in there and melee and it's really fun, but it has a lot of consequences. And it's really also only like a, a teeny tiny minuscule fraction of the time can you even do that, you know, without burning yourself out. Yeah. So what's the the aftermath feeling of a berserk warrior? A letdown? um, Well, there's a letdown, you know, because that's the exciting part. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's the really fun part. (laughs) And it's fun and it's weirdly connective even to the people that you are, you know, fighting against, shall we say. Mm -hmm. The aftermath is that people are on guard all the time and they're defensive and you can, you're making decisions in terms of, what, um, you know, how defensible is this position? Yes. Rather than, is this the right thing to do? I mean, being in a competitive situation, it narrows your consciousness. That's one of the things we like about it is that it makes the game really simple. We're only going to worry about what gets measured in these very specific things. We all know the rules. We're all on the same page. We're going to do this. And that, you know, people love that. We do it for, for fun. You know, mm-hmm. we have low experiences in this, but the problem is that right now in the um, larger world, most of the problems that we are encountering are not solved by that mentality. <laughs> that is true. There, there are problems of inclusion. There are problems of um, really highly interconnected problems between uh, between people, between resources, and um, just like the safe thing of well, as long as I'm on top, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, although it really helps with our anxiety about things, just isn't enough to get us to anywhere good as far as solving problems. It just repeats things. You know, now we're working on a global level. We're working with what we know are limited Earth resources. Yes, and this is no longer these even these economic theories that center competition among. Mm-hmm organizations are no longer the ones that we need in order to get where we need to go to survive as a race. Yeah. 
what kind of things do you think people can do right now to be more compassionate, empathetic humans? Some of the things that um, I talk about in my book are some ways to get out of a competitive mindset. If you tend to have one, we tend to, instead of having a more general competitive, we tend to think about it in terms of rivalries. We have Mm -hmm. a specific rival. And if we need, so there, I have some exercises for how you can uh, tame that competitiveness by thinking about who your rivals are and thinking about the similarities and differences between you. Mm. And that way you can start, you can stop thinking about it in terms of, well, if it doesn't go to me, it'll go to them and that's bad. So it has to go to me (laughs) 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 and start thinking about where you can actually work together Yes, and where to enhance the bigger picture. And this is, you know, a well-known phenomenon in negotiation in negotiation literature and negotiation um, practice. Um, And and what really I'm talking about is extending that to areas where it's not a direct negotiation. Yes. It's so interesting. Do you think people, because I've read some things where people have really learned a lot about themselves in this pandemic? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, I know that I have learned so much about myself. I feel like a different person than I was a year ago. I agree. Yeah, you too. Like, what have you, what have you learned about yourself? Um, well, I think, you know... Uh, putting you on the spot I know but it's fun right okay um I think what mostly what I've learned is that there is uh I like to think of myself as a very can-do person that I can learn and do anything and Mm -hmm. I think what I've learned is that I although I that might be theoretically true I'm just not interested in enough in a lot of things to bother learning them at this point (laughs) and so what (laughs) and so I found that that you know, I was really afraid beforehand to just focus on the things that I was interested in. And, you know, I'm interested in ideas and I'm interested in multidisciplinary thinking and I'm interested in the current political environment and I'm really interested in how the socioeconomic, you know, structures and, and field that we're all playing in affects our individual experiences and, and vice versa. Okay. And, and I'm just not as interested in you know, helping teams perform so that they can, uh, you know, work 16 hours a day and right. have, uh, you know, and, and live this theoretically perfect little life, you know? Right. Oh, um, I agree. I think, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty much only interested in doing things that actually serve humans at this point, as opposed to systems. <laughs> yes. That don't just solve problems on the surface that don't. Yeah. Do- yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm interested in, I mean, you know, I've always been very interested in humanity through all of this and all, all of our motivations. And, um, and I found that I, I, I can't just make that su- serve any particular ends at this point. And that's been really freeing in a way. That's great. Yeah. And it's nice how you can integrate that with what you do, with your mission and what you do with work. Yes, I very definitely feel uh, I have the autonomy to be able to take a pivot that way. And instead of doing a lot of, you know, super corporate work to really focus on, well, if it's not really going to enhance people's well-being, I'm not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, I do more talks about self-care and resilience. And it's interesting when you talk to people that don't prioritize mental health, whether it's schools yeah. or businesses, and it's sad because of how much people have been impacted. I mean, we're, we are in a mental health pandemic. 
we are in a mental health pandemic. And, and, and I think what one of the things that this pandemic overall has done is point out some of the disparities and, um, you know, irrationalities of the systems that we're used to. Yes. It's a way that we can't get away from it anymore. We can't right. just um, pretend it doesn't work or go, oh, yeah, that's too bad. Oh, well because it's now affecting everything we do. And I, so that in the beginning part of the pandemic, people were talking about it sort of as a sort of awakening mm-hmm. where you can no longer ignore the, the, um, the outcomes of these situations. And yes. I'm hoping that if we can all capitalize on that, that this is a real inflection point where we can make some good things happen. Absolutely. What else would you like people to know about the book without giving too much away? Without giving too much away, um, Although this, this, there, are, there are organizational takeaways in this, but it's mostly a personal book. And it's both for people who really enjoy competitiveness. There you'll hear there's stories from um, really high profile um, people in ballet and in sports mm-hmm. and in basketball and things where their competitiveness really, this really fuels them. And also when I talked to those people, they, a lot of them said, I've never talked directly about this before. And we had these really wonderful, juicy conversations about what this has meant for them. And I'm hoping that people can read this and, um, you know, right-size the comp- that competitive instinct in their life. Yes. And where can people find the book? Well, right now, I'm doing, there's an Indiegogo campaign, and you can join my community, and you can also pre-order the book. And I've got a bit.ly link here for you. Okay. It's bit.ly. Okay slash WTN book for winner take none book. All right. And we'll have to put this on the show blog. Yes, I would love it. Uh, and your website, it's kimperkins.com. Kimperkins.com. Fantastic. Anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? Uh, I could talk about this for about four hours. <laughs> oh. Here's a question for people that are listening because the show is called Get the Funk Out. Uh-huh. If they are having a tough time professionally, personally. What would you suggest? Oh, that's a great. If you know, if you're having a tough time, I the first thing I want to say is be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. This is not a time. I think people get into this idea that they're the only ones having a bad time and that everybody else is just somehow figuring it out and that is a lie. Yes. Um, we are all having many different things going on that are not visible to the surface. And so, um, you know, if we can find a way to connect and, and, you know, be vulnerable and be tolerant ourselves, but that starts with being tolerant toward ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is not the time to, you know, I, I, yeah, I just wrote a book during the pandemic, but this is not the time to you know, go conquer the world. This is a time for introspection and regrounding in your purpose and what is really important to you and your values. And then that can take on a life of its own and that will, that will help guide your life in sort of a North Star sense. And that's the thing to do now. That is great advice. I'm glad Fantastic. No, it's true though, because, um, you know, it, you don't have to be doing, you know, everything on your bucket list, sometimes just going outside, sitting under a tree and staring at the clouds. Oh, <laughs> or so taking healing. A walk, you know? I, I'll just say from a leadership sense, I've watched people turn, go through magical changes just by the act of going outside once a day and lying down on the ground and looking up at the tree for five minutes and not doing anything and letting yeah. their mind just go for five minutes. It doesn't have to be like a complex 
headspace ritual, you know, right. but just to do that, to get grounded in, in, in the experience of, of living rather than all the things you got to do or all the roles you serve or all the tasks before you or all the things you're trying to do it. That, that is enormously healing and a little bit goes a long way. It does. Um, I got some great advice from somebody recently who was mentoring me and he said, you know what? It was Friday. He says, I want you to do nothing. <laughs> yes. I want you to not stop thinking so much, which I want to do and do nothing and rest your mind. Go do something else. Play your guitar, take walks, do whatever. Yes. Stop focusing on this so hard and, and it will come to you by Monday. You will find, figure it out. And it did. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. It's true that we have a sort of a core that um, will we'll do some processing for us without us, you know, doing it for, you know, so many people are very focused on make, maximizing and optimizing their time all the time. And this is just not a time when that's going to happen. And it's exhausting. It is exhausting. It really is. I have a tendency to do it too. I mean, but I, I don't like to waste time. Like I, I'm not like a phone person Well, I'll get on the phone and talk to people a lot and zoom has to be purposeful and yes. I'll talk to family friends when I'm taking a walk, but during the day, I try to stay focused and not waste time. Yeah. And zoom can be very tiring in itself because you have to sort of perform um, a, a look while you're doing it. Definitely. You know? And so that, that, that tends to be a lot harder than doing it in person. So I, I, yes. re I restrict my zoom use a lot. Um, these days in response to the pandemic. Really good. Well, <laughs> you know, I hope I, hope I want to leave you with one quick thing. My, I have yeah. a friend who just had a birthday, and what he want, did for his birthday is organized an event that it wasn't come to a Zoom party. It was go call somebody that you're out of touch with and just mm -hmm. do it during this period of time. And that can, yeah. I will consider that a birthday present. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that I thought so that important. was great. No texting, yeah. no emojis, pick up the phone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I know, because you don't know, like, especially I tell people, if you're in conflict with somebody and it's been weighing on you, pick up the phone. Yes. This is not going to happen over text. Right. Right. <gasps> yeah. Well, this has been great. I want to thank you so much for taking the time and congrats on your book. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Wonderful to talk with you. You too.